Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of Forfeit Podcast. Minus one. No J-Lo tonight. He's here in spirit. You got me, Metal Matt. You got Big John Stud. And the wild one, Wild Bill. What's up, guys? How you feeling? He might pop on. He pops on sometimes. He might. He might. We might get a surprise J-Lo bomb. You never know. He might be on right now. We just don't know. He's like, he's probably at, he's listening in some capacity. I'm, I'm sure, as as every one of us would be if we weren't able to be on. We'd be on the Spotify's or something already. On the, That's on what we should have done. We should have done live, uh, like a live uh, oh, feed. We gotta work on it. We we got a hundred episodes under our belt now. So like, yep. for the next within the next hundred episodes, we got to figure out how to do the do the live feed. The good, that, 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 that's a great idea. Great, uh, great goal to achieve. Well, hey, it's all about goals, right? It's all about goal setting goals that are achievable. So, we'll 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 find out real soon if uh, real quick if that's an achievable goal or not. Right next to the. But hey, uh, we got a hundred episodes. We got a hundred NFTs. So it took us about five years to get to a hundred episodes. So you know, I mean, <laughs> not really two years, right? Listen, there. There's a lot of podcasts out there that don't do 10 episodes. and they I know. So I know. Look at, us. look at us. It's all about the content. It's all about the content. Speaking of content, we've got, um, we've got, some, we've got some topics, mostly basketball tonight, right? We've got uh, NCAA brackets. How's everyone still feeling about this? Huh? I, I, think I'm down, I think I'm down with Bill at like 16. Yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> I didn't even try. This fucking bullshit. Fuck you, CBS. <laughs> On all your I've, shit, I've done about I did about a half dozen brackets that I've I literally checked maybe two of them because a couple of them like you know I, I should actually look at the ones that I was just like fucking around with because those are the ones I was like going for all the upsets so yeah. I probably would surprise myself if I went back in and looked at them but um so I'm gonna go through this the Sweet Sixteen and I'm and we'll we'll go game by game and see you know where everyone is so all right gonzaga arkansas right pretty believable matchup right regardless of your bracket right how busted it is okay we got gonzaga arkansas that's kind of a believable texas tech duke is probably the most believable most rational outcome had it (laughs) you had it okay Um, that was the only one i think so we move into the east bracket we've got north carolina versus ucla I think you. I think North Carolina was a stretch, right? We didn't see we didn't see Baylor dropping off this early, right? Maybe Elite Eight, they may have been like starting to get into some trouble there, but like, you know, dropping off second round, I, I you know, that was that was a little bit of a shocker to me. Um, the biggest shocker probably is St. Peter's against mm-hmm. Purdue, you know, and and I think this is a good example of why we love this tournament. I mean, you know, I mean, you've got two teams that probably never faced each other other than in this tournament. It's a one and done thing. And it just it's a nice example of like no matter what conference you you, you play in or how um, where your team comes from. I mean, some of these teams are not deserving of like their seating. You know, I mean, if you coach up these kids and you run a good program, you can knock off a number two Kentucky in the first round, you know what I mean? Um, so anyway, let's just keep going. Iowa State versus Miami. That's another That's another big – I don't think anyone – if you had a, a Iowa State versus Miami, 
then you have crystal ball. Pretty much. Mid- Iowa State, no. I, That's nope. in the Midwest. Nope. No crystal ball here. All right. <laughs> so the more believable one, more realistic one out of there is, is the Kansas versus Providence. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see that happening, right? I don't think anyone had Iowa State versus Miami. Michigan, Villanova. Okay. Mate, I mean, you know, I think we all knew Michigan was probably a better team than an 11 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arizona, Houston, pretty believable. So we probably have like three, we probably have like three matchups here that were just like came out of nowhere. Yeah. Shots in the dark. Shots big guesses. It's, it's like, and, and like you said, Matt, it's, it's every year. It's that one team, that 15 seed that blows up. You know, a one seed, it happens. You just yep. got to pick the right one. And then for them to win again, it's like even more remarkable. But like even like some of the teams that the higher seed teams that moved on, they were they were in some tight games. I mean, Villanova found themselves, you know, in some trouble uh, mm-hmm. against Ohio State um, until they eventually pulled away. Um, who was the other one? Oh, Delaware gave them a run for their money, like the whole first half, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you get a little, you get a team like that, who's like a smaller team, like not, not size wise, but like smaller market mm-hmm. almost like, and they come in there and they just have the chutzpah and they kind of just run it up and down, you know, get out and fast break and go. And maybe they're just a faster team. Maybe, you know, they can, they can do some damage in, in that first round, maybe second round. It's nuts. Yeah. Oh, and another one that that stands out to me is was the Illinois Chattanooga game. Like that one was crazy. I mean, that mm-hmm. came down to like the wire. You know, Illinois pulled it out by one. You know, and there's Chattanooga sitting at thirteen. You know, like I don't think anyone expected that. So you know, there were some there were some nail biters. I think the games have been really good. I think the tournament, like every year, I think has has delivered so far. So I kind of think the more, the more I watch every year with, with March madness, I keep thinking to myself, why isn't college football down to like do like 32 teams and just do the same thing? Cause it would be just as exciting to watch a university of Kentucky football team against a, you know, higher seed, you know, number one seed, like anything can happen, right? That's the beauty of March madness. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Any team can get on a run. There could be a guy like that one kid from uh, St. Pete's that's got the mustache. Like, he's just like a gunslinger shooter. Like, it, it could happen. So why don't they do it for football? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It would kind of be – I mean, how would they schedule the games? I mean, you would have – I mean, you obviously couldn't play – you couldn't schedule it the same way basketball is, like, every other day. You would have to, It would have to be stretched out. Yeah, you'd have to go like maybe take like what is it five games to win? So you, maybe you take the like five games off the season, yeah, and start the tournament, and then yeah, sort of every uh, every week, and then maybe like the sixteen game this the Sweet Sixteen can be like I don't know if there's sixteen bowl games, but maybe they make them the sixteen bowl games, even though that they're excuse me part of the um the the, the tournament. I don't know. Yeah, it just it, it, it's just amazing to me how like basketball. Anybody can win, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, it would the 15 seed win uh, the national championship? Probably not. But 
when when if all of a sudden they changed March Madness and said, okay, these eight teams are in and that's it, it would be less exciting. And I think yeah. it's the same thing with like college football. It's like, okay, great. You know, some computer says, you know, Notre Dame and Alabama are in. It's like, yeah, but you forgot Cincinnati and, you know, yep. Oregon or something. It's like, you know, it's sort of the same way here, 64 teams, but 64 teams is much, you know, much larger of a, of a range. I don't know. Something to think about. Well, the NBA is starting to catch on a little bit, I think, with the play in, you yeah. know, uh, which is, which is, which is fun. And I think, I think they could probably push it even further. You know, I mean, um, like G league, like a G league tournament. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I even thought about it, you know, earlier today, like, um, you know, the beauty of this tournament, because it's like, obviously, okay, take, I don't know, take, take St. Peter's versus Kentucky, right? Okay. Big upset. Mm -hmm. It's the beauty of the one and done. Like, if if St. Peter's had to play Kentucky for five in a five game series, I think the result would be would probably be different, right? Right, exactly. But the fact that it's one game, it's one shot. Yep. You know, the pressure both, is on. Both teams have to travel. You mm-hmm. know, no one's got it's neutral territory. It's like, I mean, yeah, some locations you get you get some schools that are closer to some of the the areas. So they might have a bigger traveling, you know, uh, fan base than others. But like, for the most part, it's, it's neutral territory. No one's playing on their home floor. I mean, it's just, it's, it's awesome. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's great. I think I'm I also that. disappointed too, because we just realized after the first or second round there that, um, Philly's hosting some games for the, for the sweet 16, which yep. would have been, would have been, kind of fun to go to now was that duke kentucky it. game back in the the later years was that sweet 16 or elite eight i forget i think it was elite eight wasn't it the later shot was the, it, uh the spectrum i know but was it elite eight or sweet 16 i can't remember i don't remember i don't remember i think it was elite eight and they've had a few there was a few other tournaments march madness like sweet 16 or elite eights that were in Philly um, in the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's been some, some Philly Wells Fargo court States, whatever it was back then. Yeah. I mean, Philly normally is always in the mix uh, for one of the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking never, up that 92 game. Never been though. I think uh, that would be kind of interesting. It would be fun. It would be fun. Especially, I mean, they serve beer too, right? So, like, we could, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Just get hammered. Kick, kick back, you know. <laughs> tailgate. S- suck down a couple suds and tailgate and, yeah. Paint, uh, paint our shit, chests. Man, I, shit, man. By, by, by midway through the second second half, I'll, I'll be a member of the uh, of, of one of the bands. I played out a little out <laughs> sax back in my day. Bill, Bill will have a clarinet. We'll be, we'll be hammered just like, you know. Breaking, breaking some reeds. Yeah. I'll just be dressed up like a Muppet or like a hot dog or something. You'll be fighting a Matt Scott or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I mean, was this – it's not It's not really telling me. Bill, as a as a huge – pretty. I mean, you're a huge Notre Dame fan, as, as all of our fans know. But do you 
do you put that stock into like when you're doing the bracket? Like, will you, or will you be like smart about it? Sometimes I do like elite eight. Sorry. Elite eight. It was elite eight. Um, carry on. Sometimes I do. I, uh, um, I mean, I don't do it like haphazardly like this year I picked them to go to the elite eight because I really thought they had a shot to. And I mean, they, they took Texas tech down to the wire, which could easily Texas tech could easily win the whole thing. Um, they're that. Good. Oh yeah. Their um, defense is smothering. So, I mean, I mean, they were right there. So, um, I usually do. I don't think I've ever had them not going to at least the 16, sweet 16 in the last 15 years, even when they are marginal. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, I've had, I had gone to the final four a couple times, but the heart, not the head. Um, <laughs> but they were like a running to top 15 team that year a few times. So it wasn't like outlandish, but it was like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but let's do it. Let's go Irish. Bonzi, well, Bonzi Wells days. He never made it in the NBA, but I thought he was like, Bonzi Wells was like basically Clarence Brotherspoon 2.0. Couldn't he was like six eight, six nine, couldn't really I mean he could dunk, but he just had no hops. But would hit like 10, 12 foot jumpers on the sidelines all day long. It was like his game. Anywho, Bonzi Wells. How about your Elmer Mater, Bill? I'll tell you what, IU they they got they got embarrassed. They, they did. 82-53. They got their bl- doors blown off. They got Mike Woodson there, coach, the old NBA coach. Yeah. He's coached the Hawks for a while. and He coached the Knicks. Yeah. I think he coached the Grizzlies as well. He's been around on three or four teams. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize John Paxson was an ex-Notre Dame player. Was he? Uh, did, um, I mean, if you're saying that, I guess he has to be. He wasn't I, – I, I guess I'm doing a blank. I guess he must yeah. have – Notre Dame's all-time NBA first-round draft picks, John wow. Paxson. I mean, my favorite was Lafonso. Lafonso Ellis was always my favorite player growing. I have a Lafonso jersey. He better be Lafonso on that Ellis. list. He is 1992 uh, fifth overall. Yep, he played on the Nuggets. I mean, he 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 was with was with Matumbo. Oh, uh, now, now I know why you like Monty Williams too. Also, Notre Dame. he can play the baller. He can play. Yeah, Chris Thomas, and they got they got a guy on the Bucks, Pat Connington. Oh, Jerry Jerry and Grant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the one that's on the he was on the Bulls, not 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 Jeremiah or Jer- is it Jeremiah yeah. Grant? Not uh, our. It's Jerry and J E R I A N Grant. He, he was drafted by the Wizards, nineteenth overall. Yep. That, yeah, that was his brother. There were they they had um, Troy Murphy was surprised was a New mm-hmm. Jersey guy. He had all the hype coming out um, of, of high school. He was like a top ten high school recruit. And he never panned out in the NBA. He was like a Luke Kennard, but a little bigger. He played in the NBA for a while. Troy Murphy. He had, he'd probably be on that list, I bet. Mm-hmm. Yes. He 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 was he's from Jersey. He, he was like a six. He was like Derek Coleman, like a poor man's Derek Coleman. Big old guy, lefty, could shoot anywhere. Just he played in the NBA for a while, but just kind of couldn't get that next level. That's the thing that's so crazy is like when you watch the NBA, and it's still not a great product when you kind of dissect it. I guess this can kind of go into our next topic, the Sixers. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a great. Yeah, I agree. It, it's like you watch it and like I fucking talking. Who was I talking to about it today? Um, uh, but Villanova and just how they're not like they're. I mean, they have talented players. Don't get me wrong. They have blue chip, some blue chip guys, but. They are probably the most well-coached team I've watched of any level in a long time. Well-disciplined. Like, disciplined. like yeah. they know their roles. Like, 
They know like where to be on the floor. They like that game against um, uh, Ohio State. I think they had like no turnovers the last like 12, 13 minutes of that game. Like they just don't make the wrong play. Like they missed Charles, like, Charles Barkley. Like Charles Barkley said, like you're going to have to beat Villanova because they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, like, like they just, beat themselves. they're like a fun, like for people like us who like watching the game of basketball. Yep. I watched like most of the second half. I call it most of it because I didn't really watch the first half. That was the most fun I've had watching a game in a while. Like just they all just play the game the right way. And they're not the biggest. They're not the most, most athletic. They, they would get out rebounded, but not from not boxing out. They just they right. just kind of jump as high. And there was just like you, you can't play one on one ball. You can't ISO on them because they'll just because like, because they just know how to because they because they because they know how to switch. They know when not to switch. They're just a very well coached team. And like and then I you know and then you go back you know then you go to the you know you know Sixers game you know you know the Ra- I mean the Raptors was the next game I watched. And it was just like putrid, like absolutely putrid to watch these guys. Like the NBA is just literally like they don't even play team basketball. There's like two or three guys in offense that touch the ball, usually in the half court in sets. Like they were talking about that, how Doc doesn't really run plays. He runs sets and the guys kind of just go with the flow. And I get that. Basketball is a game of kind of just feeling it out, making moves on the fly. But I th- I think more so within the last ten years you've seen more of that positionless basketball. You man, know, man, like watching these passes and these guys are paid millions of dollars and like them not hustling back or no one ha- or no one had to switch properly. Like, how about a back cut? Like, dude, seriously, <laughs> like it's an absolutely insane to watch the amount of open dunks and layups and shots that it's like guys either don't know what they're doing or they don't care and they don't hustle. It's like. Either way, it's a shitty result. No, the, the NBA, they're trying to outscore one another now. They're not trying oh. to stop the other team from scoring more points. They're not trying to, to just they're not. outshoot each other. Yep, it's exactly right. It's a shooter's league. Steph Curry, yeah. Trey Young, it, it, I mean, that, Clay Thompson, all those guys that, you know, pull up and shoot from half court, it's, it's the equivalent of the – uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa era of, of baseball. You know, it's, you know, I want to see a guy shoot from half court. I want to see a guy shoot and turn around and look at the stands. Like that's the exciting part of the game now for, for a lot of fans. It's like, it's, it's less about, you know, the slashing, dashing, setting a good screen, getting open, making a cut, making a good pass. It's less about that. It's a lot trying to get, trying to posterize somebody. You know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the game of basketball today. The NBA game is so f- fucked up right now, and I choose that word not lightly or like ha- half-assedly. I forget what game I was watching, and it was two playoff teams, like two legit contenders. Might have been like the Celtics, Nets, or no, it wasn't them. It was like two legit teams. Maybe Celtic, maybe Jazz, and somebody. And I'm, I'm, I don't know why I got the teams matter, but it was literally a three-on-one fast break with a little guard back on defense and the power forward, it might've been Tatum, not even hesitation when he had two slashers for easy layups to rip the three from top of the key and bricked it. And like, mm-hmm. again, I know they go in a lot of times and I, whatever, he's a great player. Like I'm not picking on him for the play, but like, that's what you see all the time now. Like on, even on fast breaks, three on one, two on one, like, Oh, it's the analytics. Shoot the threes. You know, it's better. It's, it's better to miss three threes in a row because then if you make three threes, you come out on top. You can, you know, right. you gain the extra points. 
So I get that like theory behind like the Steph Curry thing, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just really deteriorated. Like the game having any, it's literally become 48 minutes of pickup basketball. In my opinion, it's just like feed the hot hand. Don't worry about it. And you know, and if we lose 127 to 92, oh well. It's always like I get it there, and that goes back to the whole 82 games is probably way too many for the NBA season to really have like matter. Mm-hmm. But it's like the fact that I get worked up, and um, I feel most of the time justifiably so. It's because these guys just don't give, and I get it. It's a job for them. They got a lot of game, like. Like, pick your game where it's just, like, these guys don't give a fuck. And it's, like, they lose by 35, 40 points. And it's just, like, maybe that happened more often than I remember as a child. Maybe it's easy to to remember only the good things about 90s basketball, I guess. Maybe there were games, a lot of that. But, like, for good teams, I don't remember, like, I don't know, just seeing a lot of good – like, good teams lose games. Like, I didn't lose by eight, lose by 12 games. Mm -hmm. But this, like, these these swings on any given night, like – it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. Like, even us winning this, I like, it was an amazing win. But, like, us beating the Heat without Joel and, like, James Harden, like, that should not and a, and, a, and a fully loaded Heat team? Yeah, like, like trying to win, like, home court. They want to send a message. They want the one seed. They don't care if they have to play the Heat round one. I mean, the uh, Nets. Like, their mentality is we want the one seed to come through my And I love that. Come through Miami. Like, I don't care who we got to play because that's, like, I'm hearing things now about, Will the Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics try to jockey their way not to have to be the two seed? That's probably where the Nets are going to be the seven seed, probably. If they beat the Raptors in that first game, like they probably would, you would think. Then we'd have to play the Nets round one. And they're saying, like, oh, do the Bucks and Sixers try to jockey losses? And it's like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. You got to beat them sometime to get there, you know, most likely or whatever. It's like, get that two seed because maybe. Maybe the Heat lose round one, and now you have home court advantage in the playoffs. So it's, you know, I guess it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I shouldn't have gone on that tangent about no, that. I mean, I wonder if, like, you know, based on what we saw last night, and again, you know, like you said, Bill, good teams have bad nights, right? And Miami is a good team yeah, that, had a, that had a bad night. 30. They didn't you get know? But, you know, I think it what it's exciting – the thing that I think one of the one of the bright spots of this season, you know, regardless of how far the Sixers go this this year, which, you know, I mean, you know, there's clearly there's expectations. But like, I think one of the bright spots, regardless of what happens, where we shake out is the development of of our young talent this year, specifically Thibel and Maxi. I think like seeing these got these kids literally turn into young men in the league is just it's it's exciting to see i mean i i i thought we we had this feeling you know when we first got ben and we thought that that was going to be the guy like all right we're going to see this kid just turn into an absolute monster you know but i think now it's like man we were we were so blessed to have like if it wasn't for Ben, you know, and his issues and us having to move him, ultimately Maxi never would have had these opportunities. And man, like imagine not. And I'm not saying like his book is written yet. I mean, he has. I mean, he's he's gonna fall on his face, you know, time, you know, a couple times, and like any other, you know, young player does. But like, 
you know, just the, the confidence that we're starting to see come out of this kid. Like, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I think Harden is, is, is helping him because I don't know if you guys watched like the, the whole game last night, but the one, the one shot he had towards the end of the game that kind of like put the dagger to the heat was a textbook step back Harden three. It was like, mm-hmm. it was as if James Harden jumped into Maxie's body. And it was like that, that little shimmy with the step back and the three. And it's just like, man, like that's why we got like James Harden wasn't even on the court and he, and, and he's making, he's making a difference. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's just, it's, 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 I don't know. As, as a diehard fan waiting for, you know, you know, some good to come, come our way. I don't think we ever would have, you know, we were sitting here six months ago, you know, contemplating how long, you know, trying to talk us out of the Ben Simmons mess saying like, Oh, this is, you know, this isn't going to be a distraction. You know, we were already like mailing it in for this whole season. And to see where things have shook out so far, I think, you know, compared to what we were thinking about six months ago, I think we've, we've, we've already come out on top this season, you know, and, and it's not even, we haven't even, we haven't even started the playoffs yet. So I don't know. I think if I were doc, I mean, I would, I would sit Harden and Joel another game or two. I mean, they're going to get rest. They said the last like seven, eight games. But give these guys, give these guys on the bench. Like we know we're not, we're not. I mean, look at the two guys that, I mean, look at, look at what shake and cork did. Shake put up 20 and then cork when you give him more than two minutes on the court, got hot and he puts up 18. And I, I mean, I'm a believer that one game, you know, it's the NBA. You can't get too crazy one game either way. But we're all basketball, you know, had our moments. Yeah. And it's just, you, so you, you, like, you go in funks. And I'm, still Korkmaz, I'm still and a shake. I'm still a shake. going to be hot. Like, LeBron's not going to play tomorrow night, probably, they're saying now. Um, Gordon Tucker, like, their best bench player is probably out. Davis is out still. Like, maybe, like you said, Matt, maybe you just give Joel another night off and James or – Maybe let one of them play, and then the other one gets the next. You know, start staggering it a little bit, and let Maxi with these young bucks run. You know, run up the court a little bit. You know, so I, you know, I said I think that's where he might, like you just said, like Doc should get creative. Yeah, we got to win games and make sure we get a good spot, but like be smart and maybe build up one of these young bucks, get hot going into playoffs, and maybe Corkmoss is shaking that now. Give you 10, 12 minutes of good minutes now in the playoffs. So yeah. it's like win-win. You get confident, you lose confidence, and you know maybe you win a couple games, you know, whatever. But at this point, I think it's just make it to the playoffs healthy and let's go. Like you know, we're at that point where we're probably not going to move position-wise too much. We could be the four seed maybe, but oh well, or we could maybe be the two. But I think it's know. more. I think it's more important for us now to give these guys on the bench minutes and not worry so much about our seed. You know what I mean? I think no, it's more and, important. And I think well, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think you want to slide like to the five seed and not have a home court at least in round one. I mean, we're we're I I, I don't want to be I could be wrong, but I think we're either the best or second best road team in the NBA this year. So if we got to be on the road this year, so be it. I mean, I mean, we play well on the road. Joel is that kind of has that Mamba mentality. This I will say, I have questions about his big game 
abilities because he gets a little jittery still, like he has this year. But I will say he loves on the road. He just, I mean, in that Atlanta series, was putting up 30 every game in Atlanta. Back here and put up duds. But he gets fired up from that, from those boos. Like, he's, he just, and I think James does too. So it's, again, you know, I, I for the five seats, so be it. But it's just, uh, yeah, I, I think I think even these young bucks, some run would be would be fantastic if you're listening, Doc. Which you probably are. I mean, you know, let's be real. You you, you have been at some point. So just what a, we're saying, just a big, uh, solve against Miami and keep that train rolling, pal. To piggyback on what Matt's saying, I think that you know you gotta you gotta look at it like screw the screw the seed. You're exactly right. Screw the seed. I don't care who we're playing. Let's let's be healthy going into the playoffs. And next, whoever comes to our place, or we have to go somewhere, piss on it. Like the idea, of like trying to get home field advantage or trying to like play a certain seed that we think we match up to better. That's bullshit. Just go out and play basketball, especially with the guys you have now. Like to your point, though, yeah, run run a couple young guys. You know, maybe maybe the last two games you say piss on it. Last three games you say piss on it. And you say, hey, let's uh, let's give the young guys a start, you know? Yeah, let's, I mean, let's, let's get Matt, let's get them out there so they can at least, if if need be, make an impact when when the push comes to sub. The thing I will say about Maxi, a great game last night, but I think what we have not seen yet from him is that is that consistency over and over again. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like roller coaster up and down. Mm-hmm. It's what you'll 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 have this night where last night is great, and then like when we play Wednesday against the Lakers Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I want to see the same thing. You know what I mean? Even if Joel's or even if Joel and Harden are playing, like I want to see that same aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't think it's even John. I don't think it's even just one game to the other. I think it's, and again, I'm not trying to harp on him for this. I think it's when we play top tier opponents. Because when he's against teams, except for the heat last night where he shines, played the Nets, when we played the Nuggets, like teams that know how to play team defense, he's a young guy. He's going to struggle. Like, but you're right. Like, he's got to find a way to, to break through that because you're you're now getting starter minutes, and you got to perform when you're on the court. You just have to. Yeah. And 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 also, Bill, like we talk about big threes and 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 superstar players, like. The the nice thing about him is he has the potential that he can be that guy where if we need a shot, it doesn't have to be James. And it doesn't have to be Joel. I'm just saying it probably should be one of those two. But in a bind or if someone, God forbid, goes down, we have him that can make that shot because Tobias isn't doing it. No. At least you least should have that third option. Honestly, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like he's becoming that, that go-to guy because – Unfortunately, and it could change obviously with this at any moment. But that's kind of been James's knock. Is I'm sorry, I'm trying to turn this off. I apologize to our listeners, um, uh, Bush League. Um, uh, that's always been James's knock. Is um, you know, game sevens and the games. Joel, kind of the same thing. Maybe Maxie's that guy. that like, give me the ball, dudes. Let me. I'll run with it. Let me go. I can shoot foul shots if they foul me, so we don't got to worry about that if he gets hammered. And if not, he's got that step back brewing to where it's like, give, create me a lane, James. I'll take the shot. I'll rip it. Fuck it. 
Jesus. You know, we're trying to run a quality program here. You know what? What Bill brings to the podcast? Cold oh, kicks, and he can't. Oh, look who it is! Phone. Look who it is! Oh boy! Look, Mr. Look J. Cat drug in, fresh <laughs> from the NICU. Fresh from the NICU. Just in time for Sixers talk, bro. Oh, boy. just in time. Oh, I mean, maybe I'll drive back and hang out with James for a little <laughs> bit longer. There you go. Quick, Jesse, shake Milton. Your thoughts. I mean, he had a big game last night. He did. He did. And and the one thing I want to get in on on Shake is I'm still a, a big Shake fan. He he's coming off a more serious injury than I think every everyone thought. You know, um, back injuries um, can be you know a bitch. <laughs> I know. I mean, look at Ben Simmons. He might not yeah. play at all this year now. Yeah, I know. I know. I I I I don't understand. It's called karma. I don't understand how one can herniate that many dis- discs in their back playing video games, but apparently Simo the Savage really gets into his uh <laughs> Is that his, his handle? Yeah. His <laughs> really gets into his Call of Duty. Oh my god. Whatever that fucking nerd plays. But like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's it seems like at least one a couple times a week he shows why the way he plays, how lucky the Sixers were that they didn't have to include him in the deal to get to get harder. Well, and and and, you know, I, I think it was right before you jumped on, uh, Jesse, that I made the point, if it wasn't for Ben Simmons, the, the whole way it ended up with him, you know, um, demanding a trade and sitting out and not working out here. Like we probably never would have seen the potential of like what Maxi is showing, you know what I mean? Um, so it's just, everything happens for a reason, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's just exciting. I, I, the Sixers are definitely keeping it interesting for, for everyone in Philadelphia right now. Um, you know, uh, another team that's starting to, uh, keep things interesting are the, uh, are the Phillies. JLo, what are your thoughts, uh, so far on this, um, on, on their on their on their moves and free agency and, and uh, whatnot. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they use Castellanos and Schwarber. I uh, I kind of cringe at the thought of listening to some of these knuckle draggers call into WIP and try to pronounce Castellanos's name correctly. So that's going to be um, annoying for the next couple years. But I mean, fuck it. No defense, all dingers, brother. Like, let's go. I mean, it's going to be interesting. They, they've got four guys now in the lineup that, that, like, last year hit 40 home runs or more. So no game that they play will ever truly be out of reach. Um, so far, it looks like um, our ace's shoulder isn't as as bad as they had initially He's just a little, his arm's a little dead right now. So what they're probably going to do is he's probably going to rest most of spring training and then they're just going to give him his starts and he'll just go like three innings for a while. But I mean, you need him for the second half. It's fine for the first half. Um, You hope that one of the guys at the back end of the rotation can take that, that fifth spot 
and make it their own. The the biggest concern is uh, bullpen. We'll see how that shakes out. I mean, I'm glad that that Middleton finally went over the his self imposed cap. I'm I'm glad that he finally did it. I understand, you know, why he didn't in years past when they were close because you look at the roster and it was for the amount of money they were spending and it was just terrible. And you still, you look at the amount of money they're spending right now and they're over the luxury tax. And then you look at the roster and you're like, how the fuck is this possible? You Like your brain is like, it, it, it can't make any sense. Like you, you'd be like, well, Castellanos has to make $40 million. Bryce has to make $50 million. Like how is this possible? And then you look at some of these bad deals that are still on the books for guys that can't play a fucking lick. And, you know, the, I guess the one good thing is that, you know, with the expanded playoffs, they'll probably get in this year. But next year is probably the year that we'll really see the last of those bad Clentech contracts will be gone. And maybe some of them will get traded this year. Like if Didi can play well, maybe they can maybe they can trade Didi. Maybe they can, you know, trade some of those guys. Um, I hope Bohm can can uh, rehabilitate himself, and because you know he was a guy that had a monster. I mean, he runner up for rookie of the year, and then he fell off a cliff last year. So hopefully he can bounce back. Um, well, I think Bill, you've you've talked about that before numerous times. These like young kids that have a lot of promise and and. Baseball is such a mental has such a is like such a mental like weight on some of these young kids. There's so much pressure that like all of a sudden, you know, they're like a big name one day and then they just evaporate into thin air, never to be heard of again. And they just kind of dissolve into like the fucking minors. Well, and, and, and it's crazy because like baseball's the hardest sport. And once, you know, Boehm had a, a monster first year. He was getting, you know, two, three hits every game. He was always on base. Well, pitchers started studying him and finding out where the hole in his swing was, and they started attacking it. And now he has to make that adapt. Now he has to adapt to what the pitchers were doing. So, and to the Phillies' credit, they're now their hitting coach and all of the people that they've got are actual professionals and know what they're doing. So... If there's anybody that's going to be able to rebuild Alec Bohm's swing, it's who the Phillies have right now. So, you know, that's a big deal. And the good thing is they've got some they've got some young kids. Um, Rojas is still probably a year away from being able to produce at the plate, but he already has plus plus defense as a as a center fielder. So he might be the the he might be the center fielder by, by July. And I mean, if the worst thing you have is your, is your, your nine hole hitter, that's only batting like, you know, 180, 190, 200, 210, but he gets to everything like who cares. And then it takes all the pressure off your corner outfielders. And especially in left field, then you, then you don't have to worry about, you know, is Schwarber out there? Is Castellanos out there? Like, who's out there? If you've got a guy like Rojas that can practically play from his edge, his, his edge of center field to the to the left field 
flag, basically. Like, he can cover that ground. You know, that'll help, too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy that baseball's back. I was blown away when they made the Castellanos move. Like, they've got legitimate bats in the lineup now. So, you're not going to be able to... Because before, teams started just pitching around Harper. After he got flaming hot, they would just pitch around him. Because... Outside of JT, you had nobody on that roster that was going to make contact. Now you've got four guys in this lineup that you have to you have to pitch to. So games are going to be fun again. It's it's going to have that like 08, like 07, 08 vibe where the Phillies always came back in games and were just you know mashing the cover off the ball. Um, today their more rules came out, so we've got the ghost runners back for the start of extra innings. So that's back for one more year. Um, They expanded the roster for the first, I think, two months, two, three months. That's really smart. They expanded the roster and didn't put a cap on positional players so that all these teams are going to be able to call up a shitload of extra pitchers so nobody gets hurt. You know, so you're not going to see guys blowing out arms. And then they made a uh, an interesting rule that's basically called the the uh, Shea Otani rule. That if you are a pitcher, uh, you and you can also be the DH. And since the pitchers don't, um, since the pitchers don't uh, hit anymore, he can now be the DH. For every game that he doesn't pitch, and he can be the DH in all of the games that he does pitch, and when they take him out for a reliever, he stays in as the DH. So that's an interesting rule that baseball put in. Um, they said to try to get, try incentivize teams to try to develop uh, two-way players. So that'll be. I I don't think we're gonna see it in the next three, four or five years, bear fruit. But, you know, maybe by the time we all have our AARP cards, maybe we'll start to see more, uh, more two way players. So that'll be, that could be fun. So that in just in time for episode 200, a four, just in time for episode 200. You know, what blows my mind about the Phillies roster is when you look it up on fucking Google, they still have Bryce Harper's headshot when he was a goddamn national. That's Didi, where he wants to be. Didi's still a Yankee. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon oh, is still a pirate. He well, wishes, he's not even on the he team anymore. He also wishes he was there. Zach Wheeler is is it's is still still, it's his Met uh, headshot. Like, come on, Google. Uh, thoughts on the Phillies signing pieces of shit players. Dude, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. It pissed me off the minute they did it, and it still pisses me mm. off. The only reason I'm not, like, you know, absolutely irate about it is just the fact that they actually spent some money this year. But, I mean, let's be real. the the It's a one-year deal for, for that piece of garbage, and he's not going to be the starting center fielder by the middle of the year. Rojas is going to have the job. Are you he talking is, about Odubel? Yeah. Well, he was I mean, been, he was on, he's been on the team. He's been been on the team. Yeah, but they brought him back. Okay. They brought him back on a one-year deal. Right. He never should have come back. 
they should have ate the money and cut him. They should have DFA'd him and ate the money. And they didn't. But uh, you know, it's a it's a low it's a low dollar deal. I would have rather they have the the guy that they're platooning and then just brought Rojas up from jump, but they didn't want to do that. So that's fine, and they're going to have to deal with the heat from that. I would have rather them used a gas can than Familia, but that's what they did. I I don't agree with it. I'm not happy about it. But both of those guys won't be be around real long. But it still sucks. Like. At some point, these fucking leagues have to just be like, you know what? There's certain things that it doesn't matter how how good you are or what you bring to the table. You know, it, there are certain lines you can't cross. Hitting a woman is, it should be one of them. Like, you can't cross that line. You cross that line and you're done. Sorry, bro. And unfortunately, I guess we're not there yet as a as a fucking society. Cash rules everything around me. Great segue to Deshaun Watson and free agency. Oh, that piece of fucking garbage. 230 million. No, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to push that it's, into the universe, but it's the one thing that the, the, the thing that I find interesting about that is the fact that the league hasn't called them and been like, redo that deal. Because that first year is basically a fuck you to the NFL. Like, go ahead and spend them. We don't give a shit. That's why his his first year is a $1 million deal to get around the fact that everybody knows he's going to be suspended when, you know, the, the, when everything about those lawsuits, those civil suits becomes public knowledge. They're going to have to suspend him. So the Browns were, you know, protecting taking care of their new investment and they backloaded that deal so that he can get all his money still which is fucking disgusting and the league has the ability to say no you can't do that so um but to to segue off that john so i'm sitting in fucking traffic trying to get to the nick the nicu today Mm. and i i had a, a a thought entered my brain Oh boy. I thought about it for a while. So the quarterbacks in the NFL are getting obscene amounts of money. And it seems every time one of these deals happens, it gets more ridiculous to the point now that some of these contracts they're giving out to teams. I don't know how they're going to build a roster around these guys. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you almost feel bad for the, you know, the next team that drafts the, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes, the next Josh Allen, the next whatever. They basically know they've got a five-year window where they're going to, they have a chance to win because the minute that, that well, really a four-year window, because the minute that, the end of that fourth year, they're going to have to give him like a, a new deal worth like $70 million a year with, you know, whatever million guaranteed. So I'm thinking to myself, How can they fix this? Because it's obvious the quarterbacks are not going to, you know, out of the goodness of their own will be like, it's okay, bro. I only need $20 million. I don't need, I don't need $50 million a year. I I want, you know, none of these guys are going to be like, I'd rather have a, you know, a top five running back, a top five wide receiver and two top 10 linebackers. I want all my money. Me, 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 me. 
So what if the so in in MLS right now, they have a rule called the designated player. So you can you can there's certain guys that only count X amount of money against your cap. And then whatever you spend on them beyond that is on you. You know, so you could get like the Mbappe, the greatest player right now playing in Europe. You could sign him and you're probably going to end up having to pay him, you know, 20, you know, $20 million a year, $10 million a year, whatever. That's fine. That doesn't count towards the cap. It's only the, the set amount of money. And you could even incentivize it how like the NBA has their max money deals. So if you drafted the next Patrick Mahomes, you could then designate him at year three. You could say, you are my, my homegrown designated dude, and you will only count whatever against the cap, and I can pay you whatever the fuck I want. So then you can still build competitive football teams, and it incentivizes drafting and developing good players. And it makes draft picks more interesting, and it probably makes the draft more fun, too. And we lost John. Well, you know what's probably going to happen? They'll just make the the $12 beers $16, and parking will be $50 instead of $40. Well, I mean, that, I mean that's fine, but right now the, the issue is going to be with the cap. Like, how is Green Bay going to – I don't mean Aaron Rodgers doesn't give a shit, but, like, how is Green Bay going to build a team around that contract? You know, like – how are the Browns going to build a team around that contract they just gave out to that scumbag? Like, it's not going to happen. Now, I'm not, you know, really shedding a tear about those guys, but the flip side is eventually we're going to be in that boat where we draft that generational guy. And when it comes time to, with the way the contracts are going, when the time comes, if we haven't won a Super Bowl in that per- that window, we're basically kissing the window goodbye. So, I mean, it would be interesting to see if the league thought about quarterback if we never have in our franchise's history. True, but I hope I hope we do. I hope I would love to have that problem. I really do. I mean, I, I guess that could that be this year, was, Phil. Could be this so, year. Could be. The idea was so um, amazing it blew John's mind, and he dropped off the call. He did. He's back. Yeah, actually, I was kind of bo- I was kind of bored of what you were saying, so I was just. Oh, taking- wow. up, well, yeah, Jesse, you 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 said MLS, and, and yeah, like, there was a issue. <laughs> I just went robot batteries out. I mean, oh, it's it is an issue that the league's going to have to address. Like either the GMs or the league is going to have it. to address. I already I already solved it. What? It's you're gonna they're gonna the twelve dollar beers will become sixteen dollar beers and the forty dollar <laughs> parking will become fifty dollar parking. But and your season tickets, Jesse, are you know that mm. that you're already having trouble to affording will become way out of reach. Like, well, that's that's all fine and good, but like it doesn't address the cap. Um, they're gonna. I mean, that's the issue. They're gonna have to have end up having to tack on if they can't get the quarterback. Con- contracts under wraps or figure out some sort of loophole to deal with it. Like if the new, if the new average salary for a quarterback in a second deal is, you know, 35 to $40 million for like a top 15, top 10, top 15 guy to like 
55 plus for a top five guy. How do you build a roster around that? You don't. You, you ask don't. How, you, you ask guys like Howie Roseman that are geniuses that do it. Yeah, but the one year that Howie built the best team he ever did, he was able to do it because he was on his his quarterback was on a on a on a teeny tiny little deal. That's why he was able to to get. That's why Nick Foles was able to be here as a backup. That's why we were able to go and just grab all of these ridiculously good players that still had a small run left in them because we had all of that cap space because of Wentz's contract. It was tiny. That was, a, that was a great way to segue into our next topic, John, which I believe was why is Howie Roseman so good at his job? <laughs> I mean, it just this stuff writes itself. It just man. writes itself, man. I mean, you can't script it. It's just uh, it's, it's perfect. Just it's perfect. perfect. It I aligns mean, just like the listen, stars. It, you know, all the things that Jesse's concerned about that is basically concerned about other teams that have right now are not our, our problem because we have, if not one of the top five general managers, uh, there it is, Bill. In the NFL. There it is, Bill. There it is, Bill. I mean, it's it is what it is, you know. <laughs> Hand job, Howie. <laughs> he just, he just. I mean, retooling this team. We're loaded with draft picks. I mean, what more could we ask for? We got another wide receiver. We're 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 we're. Well, the draft picks are only as good as what he does with them exactly. and how they shake out. But, but you know, so. it's better. It's better to show up with like, uh, you know, three bullets than no bullets. Hey man, yeah. it, and it, if someone with 10 Powerball tickets is more likely to hit win the lottery than someone with two lottery Powerball exactly tickets. Right. It's the, the thing I find interesting is with all these deals that happen for quarterbacks, I've started looking at like mock drafts and all of these, like all of these quarterback needy teams. Right. So we, I, I sent the thing in the, in the group chat earlier, like, the Texans need a quarterback. The Panthers need a quarterback. The Falcons need a quarterback. The Seahawks need a quarterback. Like they're all drafting in front of us. You know, so there's all these teams that are probably going to be, and none of those mock drafts that I saw had any of those guys, any of these teams before us taking a quarterback, which is wild to me, but whatever. I have a feeling that once the one goes, it's just going to become a bloodbath and it's just going to get dumb. But before, like, so how we just redid Slay's deal, which was interesting when he did it, because there was no need to do it unless there were there were really two reasons. One, he had a big move coming that hasn't happened yet. Or two, he fully plans on taking all three first round picks, because that was the concern when people were looking at the cap that he would have been it would have been really difficult to sign all three of those first round picks with the way the cap was now after they redid Slay's deal, there's room to make all three of those picks. So it'll be interesting to see what he does on draft day, because before that I was convinced that, that he was going to trade one of those picks for next year to try to position himself to, to make a run at Stroud or, or Bryce young. But now that he's opened up this cap room, it kind of looks like, He's gonna, he's gonna use all three of them. So it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I I really wish they got another wide receiver to complement um, Smith. Like I'm not gonna I'm not slandering the 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 guy we just signed from the Colts. He had one really good year for them, and a bunch of years that weren't that good. His last one was really bad. 
but he had a really bad quarterback throwing to him. So, you know, it is what it is. He's an upgrade at worst. He's an upgrade over, over JJ and will give you more than Rager does, which is fine, but you're putting an awful lot on the shoulders of Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins. Then if you don't get another guy and there's still some guys out there, but if you don't get another guy, if you don't get a veteran that can go up and make that catch, you know, that can make that game winning catch or that game breaking catch that can take a little pressure, a little heat off of Smith or take a little pressure and heat off Goddard to open up the field for everybody else. It, we might see a lot of what we saw in that, in that Tampa game where, you know, Tampa basically for the first half of that game, shut down our passing offense and, and slowed our run down and, and really, you know, put mud in everything. So like, Hopefully they address that. I don't want to see him drafting a first round wide receiver. I, I really don't, but <laughs> I don't like we need so much help on defense. We really do. We're and also, we're also not done in free agency either. So yeah, I mean, like I, I said, we should, I, I we think that there's an expectation that we have a lot of, a lot of uh, cards in our hand. I mean, we do have three first rounders, a bunch of seconds, thirds, like, we're 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 jacked. Um, Why don't we just go out and get another speed guy? And that we way, doesn't that help? Can't that help if there's a speed guy that we can get out there? Doesn't well, that help open up the field for Devonta, who's your, like supposed to be able to catch anything? Quez is your speed guy, so you don't really need. And and like Smith is fairly fast. You don't really need three of those guys. Like you ideally want somebody with a little bit of speed and size, which they don't have on the roster right now. You know, so like unless JJ figures it out in what year four, like I'm I'm starting to see them talk like the writers are starting to talk about cutting Rager. I don't see them doing that after after two years. If for just the cap hit alone, I don't see them. Uh, you don't you don't cut a guy in his third year like that. You, you wouldn't With all the money he's making. You'd make a trade. Yeah. I don't, I don't, these clowns that write stuff like that or even tweet it. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. He's I mean, not, he's worth a pick. I mean, if Matt Ryan can get a, a fifth round pick for him, I mean, like you can, you can get something for Jalen Rager, like yeah. it's not a comparable thing, but like you can get draft picks. That's why I think like there still is a chance that we could make a trade or a free agent acquisition you know, I'll throw out like Jarvis Landry, like something like that could still happen. Um, th- there's still the safety to discuss and talk about and, and do, does how he like what he sees at 15, 16 and 19 of the draft for safety. Does he still go out and make a trade for a guy? I mean, these are all possibilities. And remember when he built the last, winning team, big winning team for us. He did a lot of he did a lot of late free agency moves. Yeah. On top of the draft. Um and and also did some trades in season as well to to help us. So it's, you know, again, I, I I'd rather not be sitting here and it, it's it's funny how we talk about this stuff. We fast forward, but like if if this was 
if this was uh, if we would have kept Carson Wentz again, and this would have been the year to get rid of him again, he would have been worth nothing. We wouldn't have had, we probably would have had diddly squat, and we've been sitting here holding our you know what's, being like, what are we going to do now? You know, you would have been you would have been hoping and praying that you know you were there for a Kenny Pickett or a Malik Willis, and and hope that he could turn in to be the next Mahomes or whatever. But I think we're in a much better position from from free agency. I think that our cap, I think Howie is really good at the cap. I think that he's slowly but surely taking chunks of it, you know, working with the money, restructuring deals as he usually does. I think the next thing maybe is Javon Hargrave, maybe mess a little bit more with his, his salary, give a little bit of guaranteed money and give us a little more cash. And then we go from there. I mean, the sky is not falling in Philadelphia at the Lincoln financial field. It's not, it's, it's, it's really looking up. Well, I mean, you're, you're right. Like I, I am critical of some of the moves that Howie makes and just all know, the, just the, all the fact, I mean, next year we have the third already have the third, third or fourth most dead cap in the league. You've like, made a few comments over the years. At, just a few. Just at, a few. At, at some point we need to stop leading the league in dead cap hits. But, um, I mean, he has done a decent job of cleaning up the mess that he did make. So he made the mess, and he's at least cleaning it up. And I will say, he, I mean, this this draft will be a franchise-altering draft. You know, you look back at what, you know, we gave, to get Carson Wentz, we gave the Browns a franchise-altering amount of draft picks, and they squandered it. We now have a franchise-altering amount of draft picks. If he hits on them, if he hits on two or two of those three first-round picks, and hits on you know a second round, a third round, if he hits like he did in last year's draft, we're we're talking about this team in two years challenging for a Super Bowl. You know, if he if he blows this up, it's it's going to be something that we talk about till. You know, we're all, you know, in retirement homes like we can't believe the year that we had three first round picks and he, and we fucked it all up. It's becoming so, a current theme. Yeah. In, yeah. In like this, in this episode is us getting old. And <laughs> but I mean, it, this is I mean, the ball. It's it really is a franchise altering opportunity. So if he takes it, if he takes the bull by the horns and, and kills this draft. Dude's going to be the GM for the rest of his career. Like for as mm. long as he wants to be the GM, he'll be the GM. If he fucks it up, he's going to get fired with Nick Sirianni in mm. in two years. Like that's that's what it's going to be because the fans won't like. You know, even though there's been some rough and ugly patches since the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl's still close enough that we can all like, you know, think back and remember how wonderful that was and how amazing it was, right? But like, if, it was if, pretty cool. If, if they're if you know fans start thinking in a year and a half from now, and we're dog shit again because they missed on those picks, it's gonna get ugly. Like what's, the media's what's, gonna get. What's ugly. been the rough patches since the Super Bowl? Huh? What's been the rough patches that you're talking about since the Super Bowl? The fact that we've won exactly one playoff game in five years. I mean, it's better than a lot of other teams. I, mean, I don't care. 
I'm, three out of, I'm not three out of four, team. I'm a fan three, of this three, team. Three out of four years being the playoffs. I mean, yeah, but again, let, like, come on, let's. Let, let, we can talk about the Detroit Lions. We can talk about the yeah, and talk the about Detroit many teams. Lions would would make the playoffs if they played in our dog shit division. So like, let's let's. Oh, okay. Let, I mean, it's I, true. I could tell this is going to be the the ten o'clock excuse hour. So we we well, don't no, have to. I'm not, get, we have to go on but that. Like, let's, let's our division stop. stinks. Yeah. Our here we go. It's our division stinks again. No, our I'm GM's not, terrible. The ten o'clock hour. If, if he doesn't I'm hit not, all 19 I'm not, picks, I'm not we, saying, we're all jumping off the bed. Fry club. I'm not. Bridge. I'm not saying that Howie should be fired right now or none of that. But like, no, that was that was four episodes ago. But like, let's <laughs> let's be real. Like you you can say that we benefited tremendously from playing in one of the worst divisions in football. Like you can say that ba- and, based and, on and not, based on what the, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys going into this last season was a top pick to go to the Super Bowl. Even going into the playoffs, they were like, oh, this team is punching a ticket. And then everyone goes, oh, well, the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they fucked it up. Well, is that the Eagles' fault that the Cowboys did what they did? But is, it also, is it also the, uh, the Eagles' fault that the Redskins didn't do well? Is it also the Eagles' fault that uh, the Giants basically had a shitty – uh, coach for the last two seasons, like Talent that's not fault. the John, Eagles' it's fault. The, it's they the don't commander. get the, they don't the claw machine doesn't come out and take the Eagles and put them in the division that they requested. No, I, okay. it's I also, understand it's, that. It's Howie's fault that Ben Simmons didn't work out. But you can't, yes. you can't be like, oh well, you know, they make the playoffs, so everything's great. They make well, the I mean, I mean, it is. I mean, you got you, you getting make, into the playoffs is the next step of getting to the Super Bowl. Yes, it's, it's it's no different than we talked about earlier. But unfortunately, you weren't. We we're all we were talking about March Madness. Sixty-four teams get in. The chances of the fifteen seed winning the national championship are very slim. But all it takes is for you to be in. Anything can happen. There are yes, teams. The there are nine between, seeds that won the fucking national come on, championship. Let's, let's let's be real. There the the gap in talent between basketball, between you're, college you're, basketball. And, right. we're, and we're 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 splitting is, we're splitting vegetables here, but yes, but but there are there have been teams that get in at the wild card and win the Super Bowl. Yes, there absolutely so, are. But so that not, that in itself is is my point. Like the last three or four years, have we not won the Super Bowl? Of course not. Do we want to win the Super Bowl every year? Of course we do. Is that the real? Is that reality? Absolutely not. It doesn't well, happen in the NFL. But just getting into the playoffs, making the wild card, and here we go. It's like. All the excuses. Oh, the NFL uh, made an extra wild card spot. Oh, well, we benefited from that. Good for us. I'm glad we didn't stink up the joint the last five games of the season and actually went on a little bit of a run. Good for us. Very good with a now, rookie head coach. Let me let me ask you a question. And, and again, guy is falling. And and again, I I think the team is going in the right direction. I just wish they would have signed another wide receiver and maybe a safety by now. But. Well, so, it's not yeah. over. That's a, it's March twenty second. I understand that, but let me. And so, we have all the way John, till July. John, John. So they've they've won exactly one playoff game since the Super Bowl, right? They right? haven't won any playoffs. No, no, they've won they've won one playoff game since the Super Bowl. Double doink. Yes, that's so they've won one game since Pretty the crazy Super Bowl. Game. Played crazy terrible game. in that game, and the only reason Next. they won that game. Is the Nick Foles. only reason they won that game was because the 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 Bears shit all over themselves and somehow managed to bounce a, a, a football off every goal part of a goalpost 
and have it come back out. Right. That's the only reason we have one win since the Super Bowl. So, yes, right now they're going in the right direction, but let's not like let's not kid ourselves and be like, you know, things are pretty great. We're like the second coming of the fucking uh, Patriots here, brah. Like they haven't been good. They've they've magooed their way into the playoffs playing in a bad division. And when they get to the playoffs, they get their dick kicked in every year. We weren't in that fucking game against the Buccaneers. We, I, I, I'm not the only one that remembered that game. They made us look like fucking jerk offs for, for the entire game. Like, and then there were the gifts of like, and, and the screen caps of them talking shit about our offense on the sidelines. Like, come on, like those things happen. Right. So yeah, we're going in the right direction, but we can't pretend that like we're, we're one guy away. We're just a fucking bounce away from, from, you know, being the team to beat. We're not. I mean, right now our division again is so bad and the Cowboys have managed their cap about as well as a, you know, a, a crackhead with a big bag of money. So like their roster's falling apart right now. So by default, we're the best team in the division again. Like, so hopefully we, we have a strong year. Hopefully Nick can take a, a you know, Hopefully he can learn from his mistakes and and build on the good things that he did and open up the playbook a little bit, open up the middle of the field a little bit. And hopefully Jalen Hurts' roots can continue to take hold and he continue to grow and flower. And and we can be a really good, fun team to watch this year. That'd be great. Right. I'd love that. I'd love that. John, would you love that? I, I think that I think that Jesse can live in Jesse land. <laughs> and 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 enjoy what he enjoys, and I will enjoy what I enjoy. Where where did I, I lie? I, I, I feel no. You have opinions. You have opinions. I disagree with them, but I'm I'm not going to sit here and raise your blood pressure any more than it needs to be. I think that I think that you're, you're wrong on many fronts. I think that you I think that you sit here and you say things like you 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 make excuses for things that I think are ridiculous, and I think that you know you're you're trying to pinpoint issues with this organization on one guy and one guy only all the time and that i think it's unfair and i think that that's i'm not going to try to change your opinion on it i mean we we've sat here and we've argued about carson wentz carson wentz was an utter failure um we've we've sat here and argued about harry roseman harry roseman has done up to this point, a decent job, in my opinion. I'm not going to sway your opinion. I think if anybody can go and find me three other general managers that they would love to have that are so good in the NFL, and, and I would be willing to listen, but still no one's, no one's done it. Because every year, some new team comes out, like the Los Angeles Rams, and spends a boatload of money and hits on their picks, and they win. And then what happens the next year? They have a shitty 10 more years. And – that's the way the NFL is. We are in a rebuilding mode. Uh, we are we are not a unwatchable team by any stretch of the imagination. Our our owner does spend money. Our 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 organization is understanding of what it takes to win, and the fact that we live in a in a huge market where our fans are are pretty knowledgeable and are super passionate about the city. I don't know what more we can do as 
as as the organization, I'm speaking like them in the organization, but like I don't know what more that they have to do to change people's opinions about how they feel about things that you're talking about, about Howie, about uh, Jalen Hurts, about all these things. Matt always says it, just win. Well, we got into the playoffs and we and, and we got there. We didn't have the outcome we had. We got a second-year player almost on his rookie rookie year in Jalen Hurts taking, taking us to the playoffs. If you can't take any good things out of that, then I, I don't know what to tell you. That's what I mean. So, so I, I think that, you know, we can agree to disagree on a lot of this stuff. I'm excited for this team. And then that's what, that's where I stand, but I'm not going to sit here and argue about. You know what I think it is? I think there's, there's, there's a couple different ways of, I keep saying just win, right? And that's, it just made me dawn on that for a second. Like, yeah, we want them to win, literally win games, but as fans, you know, we root for our teams and everyone views what a win is a little bit differently. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. And everyone has different expectations for what that win is. I think we talked about it earlier with the Sixers, and I and I, you know, and I and I made the comment saying like I think the Sixers have a, still a lot of work left to do, and we don't know how the, their season is going to end out uh, end up. But I think, you know, um, uh, unlike six months ago, what we were talking about with the Sixers, I think we've already the Sixers have already won this season for a lot mm-hmm. of the fan base, you know what I mean? You Fair. can, you can say, you know what I mean? Like th- now there's going to be the, the percentage of fans that will never be completely satisfied. They're always going to want more. They're always going to want an NBA championship every year. And if they right. don't get that, then they're going to shit all over the the team until, you know, training uh, training camp the next year. Um, but like, you know, I mean, I think, a lot of people can look at the Sixers season so far and say, Hey, you know what? They came out on top, you know, based on where, what they were dealing with earlier in the year, the same thing could be said for the Phillies, the flyers and the union and the Eagles. It's like, well, Jesse, except the flyers you, are dog shit. Well, yeah. I mean, some, <laughs> some is just like, you know, yeah, there's just, you want to talk about a rebuild. Um, yeah. but like, you know, Jesse, you have a certain expectation and a certain view of where you want your Eagles team as a fan to be. And, you know, and John, you you have a different, you know, view of what you view as like a successful season and and a winning season is, yeah, you know, the, aside the from the is, ultimate goal. The difference goal is I just live in reality and Jesse lives in Jesse. Oh, oh there it is. I mean, uh, there it is. <laughs> most of the things I said, I feel like we agree on, John. I stacked the Jenga, I stacked the Jenga cubes up. The only up difference is like just, – the only difference is how he can do no wrong in your eyes. That's not and true. I, I've been on the record numerous times saying that uh, I didn't like this year's draft. You you love this year's draft. I, I didn't like it. I mean, that's what's wrong with that. That's a, that's a reasoning not to to to, to uh, agree with what he does all the time. I also agree with you in the fact that this is a big draft. Um, but you know, other than that. I, I don't see any other the negative stuff that he's done. You say they're in cap hell. I say, um, well, we we already. I'm not only get into why we're in cap hell. We tried to go all in. We've we've restructured deals. We've done what we've done. So I don't necessarily agree with on that point. Um, I don't think he's done doing this off season what he's done yet. I don't think you can sit here and judge on March 22nd. You know what? You know, basically is is. It's going to happen 
until we get to the draft and do what are you doing, dude? Why are you taking a picture? Something with my phone. Oh, all right. Great. Are you just I'm blind, you just blinded all of us with your yeah. flash. Great. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean I I I I despise the fact that it's, you know, how he could do no wrong. I I've 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 been I've been critical. Um do I see it a different light than you? Sure. I, I think that we live in a world now where every year we won a championship. I think that's like Matt's saying, like I, I we grew up in an era where there was basketball dynasties. We've grown up now in an era where there was an NFL dynasty, right? We're we're kind of like um, I don't know what the word is. We're we're sort of like um, we see them so much that we expect them, and I think it's very difficult. I mean, you look at the Rams this year. You know, five years ago the Rams were in a different state, different city, like, and they were a mess. And they moved to LA. They got a new stadium. They spent a boatload of money, and they just won a Super Bowl. Is that is there a little bit of luck in that? Absolutely. I I don't disagree. Tom Brady goes from one team to another, and the next year he wins a Super Bowl. I mean, it, it can happen at any stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't think next year, I don't think the Rams or the Bucks are going to be the Super Bowl champions. I would be willing to bet anything right now that those two teams won't be the Super Bowl champions. But people in Vegas will think that. I just think that there is a roller coaster of good teams that hit the peak, they get to the Super Bowl. And then they crash and burn. Why do they crash and burn? They guys leave, talented players leave. They have these huge contracts, like you're saying, and they end up not panning out and they're unable to rebuild. And they have to wait 10, 12 years to be able maybe to get to that top. We can sit here and talk about 10 to 12 to 15 teams in the NFL that haven't seen the playoffs or haven't seen a playoff game or haven't been in a Super Bowl in, in, in ages. And it's very comical to me. Like, that's why I always say, like, we could, we could be, be – our fans could – if they could be a little more patient and could understand, like, how good we have it, I think we'd enjoy shit a little bit more. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, I got the Super Bowl. I'm happy. I could die a happy guy. Would I want four more selfishly? Absolutely. But now it's all about the process, man. Like, it, it, I would feel shitty, like – being a Patriots fan now, like, do you think the Patriots fans like are excited about the next five years? No. I mean, they're, I, they're, they, they got one They like their quarterback. They still have Bill Belichick. He's uncertain. Like they don't know. And, and that's kind of shitty after having 15 years of like a great run yeah. and like any year we could be in it. I like well, it now where it's like any time, any year we could, we could do it or we could not do it. Like, I love it. So, that's my that's my deal. Are we outside with Bill? What's going I on don't here? know. Oh, all I know is I heard John say any year we're going to win a Super Bowl. I just my head spun. So, so oh, John, I, I thought we were in the me, metaverse me, with Bill. Before we get off this topic, let me go back. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. One second, Jesse. Bill, your comment was what that I said? At, at any year we can win a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I'm any year, a, any no, year, any team can win the Super Bowl. No, what, I mean, it has become a year year by year league. I mean. Right. In reasons. I mean, you're talking, you're talking what? Tam- I'm sorry. We'll go back. We'll go Eagles, Patriots, um, uh, fuck, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Bucks, Rams. Five different teams yeah. in the last five years. 
completely so, different teams. So let me. So you you were talking about how how great how he is with the cap, right? And certain things he's good at the cap, and other things he's bad at the cap. Now, I, I don't think we need to argue no, about no. Let Howie me, and the cap much more, Jesse. Let, You're going to sit here and throw out some stats, no, and, and, and I'm going to be like, I'm great, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're throwing up. So, okay, so everybody else listening, um, so Howie Roseman. Is this going to be your final thought? Yes. I was trying for, to I hope get so, a point in, <laughs> and he just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. So we'll start with a, a, a team. So the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, here we go. They're, God, shut the fuck up. They're dead cap space. <laughs> they're dead cap. The Go money that they're giving to players that are not playing for their team is $6.5 million. The Buffalo Bills, $16 million. The Los Angeles Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, $13 million. Okay, that's not bad, right? Like, that's not terrible. Let's go to your team, your Philadelphia Eagles. $36.1 million to players that do not play for our team. So save me with this. He's this cap savant. Bullshit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that's Jesse, all I'm saying. Jesse, Jesse, hey, it's real simple. There's 31 other teams you can refer 31 other ones. <laughs> okay, it's real John. simple. It's real I, simple. Look, I'm not saying I'm gonna simple. I'm gonna become a fucking Bills fan, but like, I, the, I don't understand. Then well, let good me ask you a question. Why can't you either get on the boat or swim behind the boat? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm not allowed. I don't, I don't be, understand. I'm it. not allowed to be critical of the guy on the boat, like making Chris, decisions. Yes, being critical is fine, but always being critical is one thing. You say was I'm I, always positive. I'm I'm positive, but I'm also critical. Was I not? Was I very, positive, Jay? Positive, Bill, Bill, was was I not the first guy on the podcast that said Howie Roseman's last draft was amazing? Was I not the first fucking guy on this podcast? That said shit. Oh, like it's, it's okay. You said it once. It's fine. Okay, we'll give you the the one time you said it. Fucker. The one time you said it. I would drive the fucking brigantine tonight. <laughs> punch you in the throat. Well, all right, somebody, Matt. We need a whiteboard. One time, Jesse said he was okay. We gotta just make sure we get that. But like, I got that, it. I got it. Some, it's not like I begrudgingly like will be like, oh no, he constantly sucks. Like when the dude does stuff right, I've given him his props, but like rightfully so, I've called him out for his fuck ups. Like Jesse, that's the diff. Oh, three weeks ago, you were like, I don't understand why we had, this guy's got a lame duck contract. I don't know. I think he's going to get fired, and all of a sudden he gets a three year deal, and it's like, here we go. No, I I said it didn't make sense to re-sign him until the end of the year. Right, right. Now, in in in, I've calmed down a little bit, just a little bit, a little and bit. I've had some other shit on my fucking plate to deal with. It's good, it's good, it's good. Um, you know, it makes sense because now he's tied directly to the coach. So, Matt, give me another check on that whiteboard. Positive so thought. He's he's tied directly to the coach. So, whatever happens to one is going to happen to the other. Like. Until Nick puts him in the broom closet like Chip did. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Nick doesn't seem like that kind of dude. Nick seems kind of like the. I mean, when when your coach is sending kegs of beer to the to the greatest center to ever play for this team to get him to come back, like I don't know. Nick doesn't strike me as the kind of dude that would do something like that. Yeah, let's. I bet you Bill Belichick is sending kegs of beer to get his players back. Yeah, like 
Can can we get can I mean John, can can we get Nick to send us a, a keg of beer to the best damn podcast in in the city? I mean, we got to get them on first, and then hopefully yeah. send us that. I mean, right, well, that's, we talked about goals at the beginning of this episode, so right. There's I mean, Bill, goal. Bill's still working on Corey Unlin. I don't know where that happened. I guess we're out in Detroit now. Where's Dean yeah. Liner at? <laughs> Uh, we're waiting for her to call back. I mean, we left yeah, a, a slew of messages. Yes. I mean, we we could also we could also talk. I know John would love to. We could also talk about the best uh, the best professional team in in the city, which is the Philadelphia Union. Well, that's about all the time we have for tonight <laughs> for episode one hundred and one. What tune is, in tune in next week when we try to talk it? about the Philadelphia Union. I mean, their first place. They haven't lost a game. They're looking mighty, mighty good. Hey, you know what? If let's just wrap right there because that was that was a very positive. That was positive J Lo right there. Positive J Lo. Wait, is that a cigar in your hand? It is a cigar. All right, let's wrap out with uh, a, the triumphant return of Cigar Corner. Of Cigar Corner, we get one was, every. We get one every like three months. So I'm not gonna lie, I thought that was a tampon at first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, this is this is a this is a box to a very fancy cigar. Well, the cigar is not in there. No, because I smoked it. Oh. oh, here we go. I have more of them. They're in my humidor. Okay. So this is a from the Pravada. We've ta- I've talked about. Shout out to our friends at Pravada. Right. So this was a limited cigar Guy's getting association. Guys, get fucking kickbacks by uh, Pravada here. Pravada. It was the Pravada Reserva Vintage 21. There's a couple places that you have to be a Pravada or an LCA shop to to sell this cigar. I right, see. Whoa, if, whoa. What the fuck is an LCA shop? Local cigar shop. Limited Cigar Association. There is so, limited. Oh, damn it. Almost. It's, it's basically um, he takes some of the, the rarest, the most ridiculously rare aged tobacco, gets it in cigars, and then... Uh, deals with local brick and mortars to help drive drive foot traffic to them. So this was a this was a fantastic cigar. It's probably one of the most expensive cigars I've ever bought. I think I have four more in my in my humidor. I wish I could have. Um, I was debating going back and buying a whole box, and then um, my son decided to show up three months premature. So that's probably not going to happen anymore. But if you can find one, it's a fantastic, fantastic smoke. Um, so the and it's the tasting notes were they're going to be short and sweet because from the first third to the final third, this fucker is consistent. Let me see. There, there's pepper in there. I know there's pepper in there somewhere. No. So it is fresh cut cedar, cinnamon, graham, and toasted bread. It is. Fantastic. Tastes like toast. Like smoking like cinnamon toast, toast no, crunch. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a absolutely, absolutely fantastic cigar. It's like these were, I think these were like $19 a stick. Like what's they were. The, what's the name of it again? The Reserva Vintage 21. Okay. And by who? Uh, the LCA, Limited Cigar Association. Okay. So even the box is fancy. There's some it is pretty fancy. Oil stamp on there, man. Wow. There you go. Some production value. For, production for, value. for, 19, hey, for $19, $19 is probably the production on the box. For $19. No, this, this, <laughs> this stick was, it was 
the dollar cigar they just pulled off the no, the, just, uh, the leaves of the Philly blunts. Yeah. <laughs> this, no, this it's it's it was probably the Sprinkle best. Sprinkle some cinnamon toast crunch in there. <laughs> Roll that shit up. It, it it was a real good smoke, Matt. Real good smoke. I will keep my eye out. If if I can the um the only place that I know that still has had them is the um heritage um behind uh what's that on 73 the um the promenade mm-hmm. there's a cigar uh, cigar store back back in there in the neighborhood called heritage well there's a place by me it's called cigar world so if cigar world doesn't have it no the, there's there's only in south jersey there's only two um there's only two stores it's cigar hub down in um on uh, south of the joint base and then um, the the guy at Heritage. That's it. There's like and there's only like two or three stores in North Jersey that stocked them. Mm. So if if he has more, I might try to go get more. But they're it's an absolutely fantastic stick. Well, what a way to round out episode one hundred and one with a fantastic foil stamp cinnamon toast cigar. Cinnamon toast crunch. And and when we can record in person together, Matt can bring back the cigar corner music. Oh, I will because I still have it saved. Oh, you can add it in post. Yeah, I, I I can, I can if I want if 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 I if I want to put out that effort. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, our listeners are worth it. Eh, you're you're right. You're right. Bill oh. shaking his head no. No. I don't think Matt will do it. Is all I'm saying now. I well, again, it, it, chalk it up. Well, on put the, on no, chalk Matt. it up on the goals list. Let's yeah, just no, put it, it on the goals yeah. list. It's, it's a great idea. It's a great. The idea. goals list is going to get long real quick. I, I yeah. can tell. I can tell. <laughs> it is. going to be a few scrolls. I will. Now I don't know how how long you guys talked about um, the Sixers before I jumped on, but. While I've been on, it's it's a nice, tidy little episode. So I don't know how much, you know, nonsense you guys had before that, but it, it is. I'm trying to wrap the fuck up here, so you know. <laughs> so for that being said, for the J Lo, for the Wild One, for Big John Stud, I'm Metal Matt. Everyone, be good. Go birds. Yeah.